Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We are recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond, and I am joined, as I am every week, by a man who undoubtedly, at some point in the next year, will be recording from a Mexican prison, Mr. Shane Reeves. Absolutely. <laughs> if you no one's good, the federales aren't going to stop you. Here, well, okay. Why am going, I sitting like this? I don't know. We're going to light our cigars, and then I'm go. Then I want us to launch right into this article because this makes no sense to me whatsoever. Especially in light of one of your favorite stories to talk about. Oh yeah. So. Well, one of my favorite things to do, and now they've taken that from me. All right. All right. So I am smoking this weekend or this week, the Raumzeit. R-A-U-M-Z-E-I-T. This is the German-engineered cigar. Oh, okay. Um, these, when they came in, they were pretty hot. They've kind of cooled off now. Everybody's got to try them. They've not, they've not proven themselves to get into everybody's rotation quite like I hoped they would. I forget they're in there. Yeah, I think people do. And, you know, it, it's tough because everybody comes in and they lean toward me. Hey, Shane, what do you think we should smoke tonight? And then I start... But I don't want to favor one over the other, but then I realize I forgot a really good cigar like this. Yeah. And, I'll, and this is a Connecticut wrapper. The binder is Indonesian Sumatra, and the filler is Nicaraguan. So just a really, really good cigar. If you've not smoked one of the German-engineered cigars, they're unlike anything else you smoke. Now, they do a different blend per size, right? That, well, they yes, they don't have multiple sizes in the same blend. Right. Every cigar is that cigar and only comes in that okay. size. So I have not smoked that one. Yeah, this one's a 660. Yeah. And also, it's a little bigger than I'd normally smoke, but I just, I like the flavor of them. I like the texture. Well, I do love Indonesian tobacco. It was one of those things that my first experience with it was the Charter Oak. And I've since had it in a couple of other sticks, and you can really isolate that flavor it's once you've had a chance to figure out where that taste where that flavor is coming from it's easy to pick up on and i'm a big fan of that flavor profile um i am smoking tonight a uh an aj fernandez but one that i don't smoke very often that was my sort of caveat that allowed me to allow myself uh to do this because i pretty much smoke nothing but aj fernandez when i'm here but this is the bull now, I've had it before, and this, we need, to, we need to come up with a category for this cigar. Cigars that, when they came out, were priced so much above the competition that you really kind of ignored them, but haven't fell victim to as much of a price increase as the stuff around them to the point that they're now kind of in that medium range. There, you know, there's got to be a term in economics for that. I, yeah, it's we, we need an economics professor. There's got to be a term in economics for a product that is priced high to begin with, and the market catches up to it. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. When the, when the bull first came out, it was about $12. And when everything around it was sort of 7 it, that was a little bit of a bridge to cross. Now that everything around it is 10 or 11 it's not a big jump, and I'm willing to drop that on a cigar that I know is going to be good. It's full-bodied all the way through, although CI has it listed as a medium full. I don't necessarily buy that. It is Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler. It's just really great, flavorful all the way through. 
it's hard to beat that recipe. Ecuador, yeah. Ecuadorian wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler, hard to beat that recipe in any cigar. And just a, yeah, I've smoked the bull a bunch of times. You know, we, we sell a bunch of bulls. And always been good, always been even. And I didn't know when it came out that it was of the higher price. Yeah, it's been, that cigar has been out since 2013, I think. So it's been around a while. The, uh, you know, the packaging has changed and it looks a lot more like the rest of the AJ line. It used to be, you know, San Latano, when it first came out, didn't really play up the connection with the AJ factory. And now it, it it's a lot more, this is the San Latano Bull by AJ. Well, you know, AJ does so many cigars and blends so many cigars I can understand why somebody like San Latano would want to step up and say, hey, now this is really an AJ. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many H. Upman AJ, and then the, you know, Karen Berger put out an AJ Fernandez blend, and the Crux Maduro is an AJ blend, and even the Africa is made in the AJ factory now. I found out last week. Hmm. Um, the Miami rep stopped by. And, he said, and we were asking him, because since they changed La Aurora, took their distribution in-house, we said, okay, how's this going to affect the Africas? And he said, no, we still have the Africa. That's the Don Lino line. That's not a La Aurora line. It's made by HA for us. That's still oh. everything good about that. That's no problem to have. So, all right, on to our first article. Mexico adds law banning smoking on beaches and nearly everywhere else. What is the world coming to when you can't smoke a cigar on a beach in Mexico? I know. It feels like, I feel like most of us regard Mexico from a vacation standpoint as kind of the last great frontier, you know, somewhat lawlessness. And it makes me wonder if the, like the all-inclusive resorts and things like that, if they own the beach and can set their own rules based on private property laws. Well, what does... Okay, who does smoking a cigar on the beach bother? In the wide open, with the breeze, I have trouble smelling my own cigar, let alone somebody else's, yeah. sitting outside on a beach. Yeah, it's always windy. Yeah. It's the, the people in your immediate vicinity are the only people. And, hey, Mexico... How about you do something about your corrupt politics? How about you do something about your immigration? How about you do something about drug cartels, kidnapping, human trafficking? Of all the things that you could pull out of your sombrero to try to change, this is what you pick? I mean, that's just, to me, the worst possible decision. You had me until that last statement. No, it... The article goes on to talk about the fact that this makes Mexico's smoking ban one of the strictest in the world. Um, All public parks, public streets, roads, and beaches, all of those are included in this. Um, I I don't see the benefit unless I don't know much about Mexican domestic politics. But I can only imagine they probably have some of the same bugaboos that we have here. And maybe this is just a, just a way to, to appeal to a certain demographic. Well, I honestly believe what's going to happen is this is all whitewash. I believe if I'm on a beach in Mexico and I want to light up a cigar, 
that the guy there trying to sell me, you know, a puka shell necklace and a coconut full of rum would be more than happy for me to fire that son of a gun up. Well, it's interesting, and it goes, uh, it goes on to say, with the police corruption a very real problem in Mexico, many fear that instead of issuing real fines or punishment for smoking in restricted areas, some officers will use the new law as a conduit for taking bribes. That's what I see happening. Hold on, so there's bribes going on in Mexico? I don't think that comes as a shock to anybody. The heck you say? No, but I think that's a, a very real concern for this, which is it's not really so much about law and order as it is just an, another revenue stream. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is insane. Um, I can't believe that, I, I don't know how something like this gets through in Mexico. That just blows my mind that with all the problems they have, this is the hill they decided to plant their flag. Well, it does It does go on to say that fines for smoking in prohibited areas could go as high as 550 I don't know if that's U.S. or, or Mexican peso, but I assume it's U.S., uh, and possibly include jail time. So that's why I think you're going to go down there on a cruise at some point in the next year. You're going to say, to hell with it, and you're going to end up in a Mexican prison. Well, I haven't been on a cruise since 2020, since before covid and everybody I've talked to that has been on a cruise since COVID said, yeah, they used COVID as an excuse to lower the quality of cruises. And they didn't have a whole lot of a basement to, to work no, from. they were already on the bottom. They yeah. were already at my... So I may be done cruising. Yeah. And now you take away from it that I can't go to Mexico and sit on a beach and smoke a cigar without having to grease some Federale's palm. I just... I don't think this is a... Um, I don't think this is a sound game plan for anybody Yeah, at all. But speaking of unsound game plans, from Prime, Prime Publishers, Inc., Voices, Town Times, the largest weekly newspaper in Western Connecticut. <laughs> how did specific. you... Yeah, how did you even find this? It's at the top. <laughs> Cigar industry. No, I mean the article, the, the website. Because the first website I pulled it up on said that I had already read my limit and they wanted me to become a member to read more and I gave them the bird and searched the name of the article Fair and enough. found myself at the Prime Publishers Incorporated Voices Town Times largest weekly newspaper in Western Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Cigar industry. It's more press than they've gotten in the last decade. <laughs> FDA proposal to ban flavored tobacco would cost jobs and have little benefit. Um, Is that really a surprise to anybody? Yeah, the, you know, this is like the Mexico thing. It's really not going to help any issues they have. No, it really isn't. And it, especially, I like this article because they break it down. Uh, nearly $4 billion in retail sales, over 16,000 jobs, and $840 million of wages, along with an estimated $750 million in federal, state, and local tax revenues would all go away if this passes. Furthermore, only 1% of Utes are smoking flavored cigars. So the idea that this is going to prevent kids, because that, that's always what they go back to. Kids are attracted to flavored cigars. Well, it's already against a law to sell it to them. And, and only less than 1% of underage smokers are smoking flavored cigars anyway. So this is a, a solution in search of a problem. Yeah, it's, it's senseless. So many times... People make, you know, lawmakers want to make laws. 
They don't necessarily want to make good laws. They don't want to make bad laws. They just want to make laws. They want to justify their meaningless existence by just pumping laws out to go over laws over other laws. And this is a good example of that. This is somebody yeah. making a law just for the sake of making a law. And it's it's just it's insane to me that they, that these things get carried through. Now, um, from a per- purely um, greedy, self-interested standpoint, I wouldn't mind seeing flavored cigars go away. Wouldn't bother me. Yeah, but, but gets- then you've got companies like Miami Cigar, whose primary revenue stream is Tatiana, would fold up, and then your Africas go away. Oh, no. Somebody else pick up the Africa. Too good a cigar to just drift off into the sunset. When has that ever happened before? Oh, there's all the time people picking up stuff. You know, well, I, I give you Nat Sherman. Nat Sherman went down. They hired the guy. They restarted the brand. They've been doing it. Yeah, they restarted the brand, but they didn't take... No, no one was buying blends off of the black market floor and redistributing them. That's well, what no, I thought because you were they did, they weren't selling them. But if Miami went under, then they needed to sell the Don Lino portion of it. I'm sure La Aurora would love to pick yeah, Don perhaps. Lino back up. I don't. I don't think I'll ever be. Out I thought of you Africa's. were talking about them buying the the Africa line, not someone buying the whole company minus Tatiana. That I, I misunderstood your premise. Uh, I think. I think it does. It can happen. Um, you don't see a lot of that because everybody kind of wants to own their own property. You've never. It, it's not happened. It's never happened. Sure it has. General bought CAO, and now the CAO brands are general brands. No, but they're still operated under CAO. It's not the general. CAO I, I, don't exist. They have to be operated under general. No, CAO does exist as a subsidiary of general. My general rep sells general and CAO. <laughs> and at the end of the week, I guarantee you his paycheck says general, not CAO on it. Right. He also sells Cohiba, and he also sells a, a number of other cigars under their platform. Right. That's a, that's a company buying another company, not a company buying one of the products out of that company and re-releasing it under their own umbrella. We are arguing semantics here. We, we really are. This is really the least useful argument we've really probably is. ever had. CAO, speaking of which, CAO, Amazon Basin with some extra age. Get your canoe. So, the unusual cigar with Amazonian tobacco will ship in January, having two years of age. So, this is the Amazon Basin Extra Añejo. Yeah, so a, a mutual acquaintance of ours was asking me about this last week. And I hadn't heard about it at the time. And... I thought they were just re-releasing it. I didn't realize that they'd basically been sitting on it for two years and were going to re-release it in its aged form. Because we were talking about, is it $15 good? And at the time I said no, but you know, I don't know that I wouldn't pick up a two-year-old Amazon Basin for 15 bucks. That sounds like a, a decent bargain. I'll tell you what, we can answer this question. I have a box of CAO and Amazon basins in my humidor that have been aging for a little over. They've been there for three years. Yeah. So we'll bring that in here. We'll smoke that some buck. We'll see if it's worth fifteen dollars. Okay, I, I like the sound of that. I, 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 we can test this strategy right here, right now. <laughs> well, we have the control group. That's right. A, a quick trip to my humidor. We can test the heck out of this because my wife bought me a box of these. I liked the original Amazon Basin, and I liked the Anaconda. Did not care for the Fuma. It's Fuma one of the Porta. few things that we agree on. 
I think I did not care for the for the Fuma and Corda. The Anaconda was my favorite of the line, and the Amazon Basin was good. There was another one after the Fuma. Um, I'm trying to remember what the. I'm sure there was another one. I'll have See, to look I it up. I thought the same thing, but I haven't been able to find it. But, I, th- I think we have a Mandela effect happening. We'll, we'll look it up at the break. All right. So the blend's going to be an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and fillers from the Colombia and the Dominican Republic in Brazil. And, uh, of course, the Brazilian Braganca. The Braganca. I actually have a sticker that says Got Braganca. I like that. Um, I just love the fact, the romance of how they put this. They're harvest, once harvested, the leaves are packed tightly into concentrated logs called carotes, similar to the condensed cylinders of Andullo. The tobacco undergoes six months of fermentation and then put into a canoe like something out of a Joseph Conrad novel and paddled out of the jungle on the Amazon River. There's no way it's paddled. There's an outboard on that canoe. <laughs> I guarantee it. You, you have no romance in your soul. Can you not, <laughs> can you not see some guy in a loincloth paddling along, maybe smi- smacking a crocodile out of the way occasionally to bring tobacco to, you know, to the mass market? He pulls the canoe right up to the factory there at Nicaragua, and some guy grabs it and <laughs> pulls, it, pulls it out of there. And, uh, I mean, I, just, I like the romance of how this article is written. I, I need to give this guy credit. Gregory Matola. I give you credit for now. This he may just have been writing down what CAO sent him. It's highly likely, but I still think that's very um. So fourteen ninety nine a piece, going to be a six by fifty two, and only fifty eight hundred boxes are being released to the U.S. market. Have you ever smoked it to the band? You know that's the big the big thing is that it's. I've always had that band fall off. I've never actually had the opportunity to smoke through that band. I've smoked, uh, well, I've always just got it lit. You know, once the band starts smoking, just flick it off of my finger. Yeah. And uh, I've never, I don't think that adds anything to it. You know, we had the Cavalier Geneva game here last week for poker. And the Cavalier Genevas have the gold diamond on them. Right. And it's gold leaf, and you're supposed to smoke through the gold leaf. Right. And I've never had so many people ask me a question that, well, does it change the flavor of the cigar? <laughs> Yes, for a few minutes, it tastes like money in your mouth. Of course it don't change the flavor. <laughs> I just wonder about people that... My mind would never go there that, oh, the gold leaf's going to change flavor of the cigar. Absolutely. That my Would your brain ever go there? No, I, it never occurred to me. The, the way... I've got to pull the show over. The way people's mind work is amazing. My wife's mind works amazing. So we hired a new housekeeper. Yeah. Today was the new housekeeper's first day at the house. She's supposed to be there at 7.30. My wife gets up at 5.30. And cleans the house. And starts cleaning the hell out of the house. She's running around. She's picking stuff up. She's putting stuff away. She's doing all. And I, I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm getting the house straightened up for the housekeeper. I said, does the insanity of that statement not land on you? Here's the deal. Well, hold on. <laughs> and she said, well, I don't want to think a bunch of animals live here. Well, I got pissed off. I put my banana down, climbed down off the ceiling fan, and said, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. I almost stepped on your punchline. I, no, I, I actually follow your wife's logic on this one. And there are certain things that I am capable of keeping up in my house. I can keep the clutter put, you know, picked up. I can keep the dishes and the laundry kept up. 
by ensuring that those basic things are done when the housekeeper arrives allows them to focus their interest on things that I'm willing to pay for somebody else to deal with, like cleaning my baseboards. Right. And if, if I left the house in its usual state of disarray, they would be so busy doing those things that they would never get to the things that was the whole purpose behind me spending money on having a housekeeper come to the house. So you pre-clean for the housekeeper. I, I don't have a housekeeper, but I would tidy for the housekeeper. Well, I understand not having your drawers in the floor. Yeah. I understand putting your um, your EP Carrillo um, in, firecracker yeah. away before they get there. We'll cover that later. <laughs> I understand having stuff like that put away so that it's a little easier for the housekeeper. And I understand doing the dishes. I don't want the housekeeper to have to do my dishes. Not You know, yeah. you stick them in the dishwasher. It's not a tough gig. But... She was just in a complete roar running through the house trying to get it ready for the housekeeper. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I do, I get it to an extent. I want the housekeeper to, to windex the windows because that's something I do not do as often as it needs done. Uh, you know, vacuuming the curtains, things that n- get done twice a year at my house. Yeah. I mean, we had a, this one, this young lady who's a great housekeeper so far. Um, you know, I fired my old housekeeper because she wouldn't show up on time. And I refused to accept because all, pe- all my friends that have housekeepers, I said, I fired my housekeeper because she wouldn't show up on time. And everyone said, that's just what housekeepers do. Exactly. Mm. And I said, bite me. I'm not having someone in my life that can't show up to the job on time. I absolutely think that's ridiculous. So... Anyway, moving on. So I hired this housekeeper, and the first conversation her and I had was, here's the deal. If you tell me you're going to be there at 730, you're there at 730. I'm not telling you what time you have to be here. I'm not telling you how long you have to stay. I want you to be here when you tell me to, and don't leave till it's done. Yeah. And that's all I ask. I'm easy to work for. And And thus far, she's done that. Today was just her first day, but anyway... I think if you don't if you don't have a housekeeper in life you should. It really makes your life better. Very very hard very few things make my life as easy as coming home and my house having been cleaned and I didn't have to do it. We have we have looked at that and we've talked about it and it's something that is definitely on my radar to make happen. We're in a place where we can find the money for it. But as it stands right now, our babysitter that watches Lane comes to our house and watches him. And that just feels weird to me to have the housekeeper there with the babysitter. That's just too many. I'm too I'm, many domestics. I'm not an Edwardian uh, Earl. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want a house full of help. Like that just feels the, disingenuous to me. Can you throw a few shekels at the babysitter? Maybe she'll vacuum while the baby's asleep. Well, we, I mean, we've, we've talked about that. I know that she did some light housework for her previous employer but honestly I just I'm happy with the arrangement that we've got and I think we'll just wait until he gets into a more formalized daycare outside of the house before we bring a housekeeper in all right well let's step away for a break when we come back we're going to talk about the EP Creo firecracker and what festivals would you like to go to all right we'll be back with that more after this
Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who got in trouble with his wife because she dropped the laundry basket going down the stairs and he just stood by and watched the whole situation unfold. Mr. Trey Dedman. That was a, a lot of work for a weak pun, but I'll allow it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> all that, that is, that's a, it took a lot to deliver that without stuttering, and I only had one little misstep, but I've really worked not to stutter to deliver. Because <laughs> if you're going to tell a weak joke, you need to deliver it well. That's right. <laughs> you know, if you, if you got a strong joke, you can stutter. I was in here earlier today, right before you got here, smoking a cigar, and um, told a joke. And it always happens. I tell a joke, and then the guy next to me tries huh? to tell a joke. Oh. It, that is the most dangerous thing about telling a joke in a cigar shop, is that once one person does it, every, you've opened the floodgates. Everyone has to do it. Well, and I'm okay with that. That don't bother me, but if you don't remember the punchline and you don't get... And, what makes it even more painful is I knew the joke he was trying to tell. That's always difficult. And I couldn't just horn in and say, hey, would you let me tell this joke for you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're killing it right now. You're just well, destroying it. We we have, I'll, I'll, I'll give the, the truncated version here because this is a famous story in my family. My One of my dad's sisters is renowned for not being able to tell a joke. And so the most famous of which is she's telling this joke about these two guys who are just rip-roaring drunk, three sheets to the wind, maybe four, and they stumble into a bordello. And the madam is really worried about subjecting one of her ladies to this guy. And so she sends them upstairs, and they both go in, and they come out, and they... uh, the guy, the first guy says, you know, that was amazing, best of my life. And the second says, all I did was bite mine on the butt and she farted and jumped out the window. And there was no reaction. She goes, oh, I forgot to mention there were blow-up dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Which somehow makes the joke better. <laughs> but, yeah, if you miss a crucial part of the yeah, setup, it also you, ruins the joke. If you leave out the entire, <laughs> the entirety of the setup, yeah, you know. Some people, here's the thing. If you can't tell a joke, just just own it. Hey, I'm not good at telling jokes. And let it go. Don't say, I'm not good at telling jokes, then proceed to show everybody that you're telling the truth. Yeah, open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah, there's the, that's the worst thing. Oh, I'm not very good at telling jokes. But now, did you hear the one about the... And then they spoil the punchline? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just you absolutely... Um, and to me... By the way, what is etiquette? For, before we get back to the cigar cast, this is a podcast somewhat about etiquette. When someone is telling a joke that you already know the answer to, that you've heard before, in a group, now, this is a key yeah. defining thing. If you're in a group of three or more and someone is telling a joke you've already heard, I believe etiquette dictates you let them finish the joke and you give the courtesy chuckle. You don't chime in with the punchline right before they deliver. You certainly don't do that. My go-to move in this scenario, because oftentimes a joke will have a certain call and response where you actually want to hear the other person try to answer it if it's like a riddle-style joke. And at the moment that I recognize the joke, I will usually go, oh, (laughs) and a little courtesy laugh at that point. So they know I've heard the joke, 
and they know that I'm I'm not part of the round for this. I'm not your audience. Don't focus on the other people who are hearing this for the first time. That has worked out well for me. Yeah, I think that's what you've got to do. You've got to, if you're going to, but don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that just because you've heard the joke before, you ruin it for everybody. Yeah, I, I did that once and realized after the fact what a what a jerk move that was. Well, I forgave you. So, <laughs> I didn't realize we went to high school together. <laughs> EP Carrillo and United Cigars released the EP Firecracker. So this is a three and a half by 50. And listeners, I need to know what you think this cigar looks like. No one... No one is going to think what you did. No one's going to think that that's what this cigar looks like. No one is going to think that because it doesn't look like it. At three and a half by 50. Especially at three and a half by 50. Bulbous on the end, narrow down at the bottom, a tapered, if you will, design. Uh, <laughs> am, I, is, am I leading a, the witness, Your Honor? You are a little <laughs> bit. I was about to say, with that description, you are going to get a different answer, which... As a semi-related product to the one that you believe it is, I could buy that before I buy buy yours. Okay, but look at the way the string comes down on the end um, that's supposed to be the fuse of the firecracker. Do yours have strings on them? If it don't have a flange, it better have a string. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling you. So I'm just uh, listeners use your imagination and send send us a text. Let us know what you think this cigar looks like because <laughs> Trey does not believe it looks like what I think it looks like. I don't think anybody will think it looks like what you think it looks like. But yeah, it's the EP Carrillo uh, Firecracker. Did you want to talk about this beyond just what the shape reminds you of, or I is that ain't all? Putting it in my mouth. <laughs> I, <get> to, <laughs> I mean, it's, so it's a. Connecticut Habano wrapper, Ecuadorian binder, Nicaraguan filler. Um, you know, at seven seven dollars each for a three and a half by fifty. That's gonna a be tough a tough pull. sell. Yeah, I I don't know that I'm spending seven dollars on a cigar that small, but it it is interesting, you know, because we talked about who was it we talked about last week that's releasing a new short stature cigar. Yeah, the twelve gauge from yeah VIA. Um, uh, yeah, you know. It seems like there's a little bit of this going around. Well, and this is the problem. You know, we've talked about it before. The problem with short cigars is they still cost a lot of money because there's no savings. The, the expense of a cigar is labor. Mm-hmm. The expense of a cigar is not material. It's all labor. Right. So, um, you know, and hey, the Alec or the um, A.J. Fernandez last call to me is the king of these short cigars. It's about four bucks. It's an excellent cigar. It in no way resembles a marital aid and is just absolutely a great, great stick. Yeah, I, you know, I remember smoking it on the show. You're definitely leading the witness now. And I didn't like it. I'm going to have to go back because you've mentioned it a couple of times since the last, I I think it's been probably two years since I had one. I, I need to give it another shot. The last call that is. Nicaragua's Puro Sabor Festival returns. So this has been on hold now for three years. Three years, yeah. Yeah. Since the unrest just before COVID. Yeah. Um, The festival came back this last week, January 23rd to 27th. There was some announcements of it. Um, Not a lot to cover here. There's not a lot of information or great, you know, revelations came out of this. 
But this is kind of one I want to celebrate that it did come back. Yeah. Because stuff like this can get lost very easily. And then I do want to talk about what kind of festivals, conferences, engagements of this sort do you want to go to in life? You know, we've talked on this show a lot a couple of years ago about, you know, the idea of allowing a, a consumer day at PCA. And I think you and I have probably changed our minds on whether or not that was a good idea a couple of times back and forth, never agreeing at the same point. You know, there, there really isn't just a whole lot out there in terms of, I mean, you've got the Big Smoke Safari, you've got, you know, various factory tours. The only company that's, the only company sponsored event that's really getting out there and doing it is Drew Estate. You know, I was really looking forward to DE25. I hate that they had to cancel it, but I understand why they did. I don't know that there's anything... You know, I don't go to music festivals. The idea of being locked in a field with a whole bunch of people doesn't really sound all that fun to me. No. So, you know, for me, it's, it's hard to imagine. I think some of these... Occasionally, you'll get multi-vendor events at cigar shops like the Cigar Room. Those are fun, where you've got maybe a live band comes and plays a couple of you know, or a couple of bands that rotate in and out. You got some food trucks, something like that. Maybe a one-day thing. I don't know that there's a whole lot of multi-day festivals that that I would necessarily want to go to. Well. The you know um, I've of course been to a ton of barn smokers, been to the cigar bash in Tampa, and that was a lot of fun. It was right there at the um, uh, factory there. Yeah, it wasn't the Fernandez? I forget which factory it was, but it was there in Tampa. Is at a beautiful location? Lot I'll have to, I'll remember it soon. As I, I, it's the problem is it's right. It's the parent company for Arturo Fuente. Uh, Newman. Yeah, okay. J.C. Newman. But. Great, a lot of fun there doing that, and I enjoy these kind of things because I enjoy the multi. You know, here's the thing: people say, "Oh, I go to this, and it's just a bunch of people trying to sell stuff." Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is the flea market down the street, but it doesn't stop me well, from going to that. You know, I've, when I set up my business, I did a lot of home shows, mm-hmm. and I always had fun at home shows with people talking to people and talking to them about what that. Yes, I was trying to sell my service. But how else would these people ever get in contact with me? Right. You know, I'm largely a word-of-mouth company. I don't run a billboard because I don't want to turn down a bunch of stuff. I, I'm largely a word-of-mouth person, and people come up and meet me, and I, people either like me or they don't. Right. It's pretty, pretty cut and dry. And also, to me, home shows are fun. Boat shows. I like boat shows. I like going and seeing what's new in the world of boats and things like that. Um, the Safari Club International shows come into Nashville. I'm working on going to that. Can oh, you? I thought that was a foregone conclusion. Well, I thought it was when I thought it, you'd go up there and drop 20 on a ticket and walk in. Oh, is that not how it... 160 for a ticket. Ooh. If you decide to pay the $65 to be a member of Sakari Club International. Oh. So you're over 200 bucks Before to you walk, walk through, through the, the door. door of this show. Yeah. That's a little ridiculous. That That is. But I imagine... For who they're trying to attract, 
that's probably a drop in the bucket for most of those. You think they're just trying to keep the riffraff out? Eh, possibly. Well, speaking as a member of the riffraff, I'd like to go in and take a look. Right. <laughs> but don't worry. I've, I've, got, I've got men on it. I've got different people going on it. You know, the Rocky Mountain Sasquatch Festival, we talked Rocky Mountain Bigfoot Festival we talked about last week. Yeah. Can't wait. July 22nd. Smoky um, Mountain. Smoky Mountain. Excuse me. Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Conference is actually the official name for it. And, all, and I, I may have to go by myself because my wife will not go with me. She's, <laughs> she's, she's a hard no on the Bigfoot Conference. That's absolutely been a, become I, a hard I, no in I her can life. understand that. I, you know, I can think of, like, trade shows and conferences that I want to be at. There's, the thing with cigars is everyone's cigar experience is somewhat unique and personal to them, right? Like, you've got the guys that come in the shop when they're with a buddy and they sit there and they catch up and that's what they do. And you've got the guys that come in here to watch the ball game. You've got the people that come in here to work. Like the way people interact with cigars, I don't think always lends itself to a big come together event. I can get that. I can get that, but I can also understand the joy of going to, I, I just enjoy things like that for somebody that don't like big crowds. I have no desire, you know, they were in here making a grand plan the other day of, hey, we'll, we'll get up and we'll go to Knoxville and we'll eat at this great breakfast place on the way to Knoxville that everybody loves. And then we'll go a walk over here and then we'll go watch the Knoxville men's basketball game. Like, do I have to go watch basketball? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like basketball. <laughs> you, you had me till basketball. Right. Now, might go to Neyland, see a football game. Probably, I, I will do that at some point before I die. You won't be doing it in February. But no, I won't be doing that in February. But anyway, so moving forward from Groovy Guy Gifts. <laughs> this is, we want to talk about cigar accessories. And I just want to, I just did a quick search for cigar accessories just to see if there was anything exciting or different out there. While we're on the, before we get into this topic, I've got to pull this over because I just saw something on that TV over there that really just bugs me. It was a smart toaster oven. Have you seen that ad before? Oh, yeah. Where you How scan it. How stupid do you have to be to buy something like that? So the, the idea was it comes, it's like a meal kit. So they send you all the ingredients, you put them together. You put it in this toaster oven, and then you scan a QR code, like the the toaster oven scans the QR code on the recipe card, and then cooks it. What have we, what have we done to anger the gods that allowed something like that to the marketplace? How lazy do you have to be to not only not grocery shop, but then rely on a smart appliance to do your cooking for you? I, well, oh wow! More. What's worse than that? What happens when that company goes out of business? Because not all everyone's going to want to spend a thousand dollar on, uh, or whatever it costs, on a smart uh, toaster oven that only works if you buy your food kits from that company, and they go out of business, and now you've got this appliance that doesn't do anything, and you can't get the recipe cards for it. I'm going to work your side of the street. Well, they have to do this. So that we can get the robotic maid. So that we can get the Jetsons Rosie. This is just the first step to getting that there. Is <laughs> apples and oranges to an extent that I have never experienced before. Uh, uh, you, you know, you're always, when, I, when we start complaining about electric cars, well, we got to create a demand so someone will figure out how to recycle them. 
This is them creating a demand for a robot to cook your food. And then somebody will invent a robot that will cook your food, vacuum your house, you know, bathe the dog and all that stuff. It's it's the same logic train. It's not the same logic (laughs) at all. Oh, exactly. Right down the same train. Anyway, so cigar accessor that just that got under my skin more than I thought, more than it should have, quite honestly. But I was just I was distracted by it on the TV over here. I'm going, why, why, why? So from groovy guy gifts. By, by the way, fellas, didn't spend a lot of time naming the website. No, did you? no, <laughs> didn't really work hard on that one. Um, if you type in cigar accessories and stuff and see what they have, I just want to hit a few of them. I think we both agree the worst is the wooden car Corvette Stingray figurine. So the trunk has a little metal ashtray in it that looks like the ones we used to have at McDonald's when I was a kid. And there's wings on the Corvette for some reason where your bourbon's supposed to sit. That's the oil slick from... <laughs> from the leak from the engine. And it's a convertible, so obviously all your ash is going to end up in the front seat of your nifty little wooden car. As a wooden carving, it's attractive if you're into that sort of thing. I will give them that. But this just screams to me of the gift you get from the son-in-law that you don't like that really much and hasn't figured out how to connect with you. Because it's going to be a nightmare to keep clean if you even use it, which why would you? It's... Elaborate and ornate for the sake of being elaborate and ornate. And yeah, they just stuck it on a plinth so that they could add two coasters to either side of it. Well, cigar guys, golfers, fishermen get more of the things that people think would be a good gift that's not actually one. I don't know anything about this person other than this one thing, so I'm going to find something that fills that checkbox. But I'm amazed at the amount of boards that they've just drilled a hole in and are selling for $80. Yeah. Well, especially when you consider that the wooden car Corvette Stingray figurine is $75. And then the plank of wood that's been routed out and stained over the course of a minute and a half is $90. Yeah, that's that's some Chinese kids' hard labor right there. <laughs> no, they, they have a, so they have on here a personalized wood poker ashtray. So it has one place to set a cigar. Now, not a groove to set the cigar, just a place where the ash is supposed to hang. A little tray for chips, a little round hole, and then a place to set your phone. Who looks at their phone while they're playing poker? Well, again, you're looking at a different one than I am, but does that not have a groove? If you, that, that looks like it's sitting in a groove. Uh, it may, uh, may be. Yeah, I think it is. I would hope it would be. Now, so they have one that's not dedicated to, to poker chips. That I actually don't hate this idea. I don't think it's worth the 90 bucks they're asking for it. But oftentimes, I, I like the fact that it's just got a little cutout on the board that's your ashtray. Because it's, for most people that smoke at their house, you just need a one-time use ashtray. You're not going to sit there and just keep throwing ashes into it. And I oftentimes, when the weather is nice, after we put the kid to bed, I'll go sit on the back patio and I'll usually prop my phone up and watch whatever show I'm I'm working through at that time. And I th- I think it's great. I don't watch TV on my phone. I've got an iPad for that. Well, I only just got my iPad last summer. Uh, there's a plethora of wooden ashtrays. 
again, the, this this website really has the, this cost us a half a cent to make and we're selling it for $100 down. Pack. Not only that, but have you noticed how everything was named by somebody who has never smoked a cigar in their life? Oh, absolutely. The bulletproof whiskey glass that's one of those awful right. whiskey tumblers with the, with the bullet, bullet stuck in it. In it. Um, what was the other one I saw down here? The Sir Stogie set. The um, it's it's a, a Zycar XI one that has like uh, wood applique for the handles. They call that the Bourbon Sniper. The uh, one of the other planks is called the Walnut Puro. Like they just they're trying so hard. The Puff Puff Putt. <laughs> well, okay, so the Puff Puff Putt, it's the little folding divot tool that turns into a cigar rest. I have a divot tool that's a cigar rest that it's just molded, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Because it's handy. One, it's handy for your cigar, but when you're not smoking your cigar and you're playing early in the morning, you go up to the green, you put that in the ground, you lay your putter handle on it, your putter handle don't get wet. Right. But now I do like the well, cigar. Well, you can solve that problem by hitting the green in regulation. Well, yes. And, <laughs> and believe me, were that an option, I would take advantage of it as often as possible. It's not for lack of trying. So the cigar socks. The, so, okay, I could get into the cigar socks because where other than a cigar shop will somebody have their foot up on the table propping their feet up that you might see their socks? Yeah. No, that's I, I don't, you know, I'm a fan of a good uh, novelty sock. I'm a big fan of a novelty sock, so I could get on board with that one. So what? There's the, lots of ripoffs. Have you noticed like all of the ripoffs? Oh yeah. The the circular guillotine cutter that's a Zycar XO that they just ripped off. Oh, absolutely. So what else would you make? What cigar invention would you needs to be made? What made me think of this is, you know, the little paw de cure, the little um, paw device that they show on TV yeah. for grinding your dog's nails. One, I think that my dog would poop all over me if I was trying to grind these nails down. Although I know that people thing. that swear by it and say that the dogs don't get the same level of anxiety as they do with the clippers. I, I would have to Xanax Ace to get him to, to sit still while I ground these paws down with that thing. and all. But I did wonder... Could you take a rotary tool and grind the the cap off a cigar? I don't think you can. I I appreciate where you're going with that. And as a man who likes to travel with a kit, you know, the the extent of what you would have to carry with you to make that work probably wouldn't be a barrier to entry for you, but it would be for most people. I think you run into two problems. Either as a function of grinding off the cap, you're just going to shred what's left. And you're going to end up with these really flaky detritus. Or, let's say you get the RPMs just right, where it really does file and sand it down. You're going to set the cigar on fire. Anybody who's drilled through wood with a slightly too dull drill bit knows that it creates smoke and it, and it chars the wood think you're going to end up where you're, you've got a slight... It's not going to set it on fire, but it's going to smolder and scorch it a little bit. You could bit. potentially be lighting the wrong end of your cigar. I think it. that's what would happen. 
I'd much rather see someone come out with like a flint stock where you use that and just friction light your cigar on the other side. That would be Oh, the, the classic Flintstones lighter where yeah. you push the button and the two sticks come out and rub together? Uh-huh. That would be awesome. I, I could get behind <laughs> that. And, uh, well, you know, you see the little hand ashtrays where it's the hand and it holds the cigar and the ashes fall in the palm of the hand. Yeah. I won't like the whole arm. The I whole like, arm. I want like a great big Bigfoot arm with articulating fingers that I can set on the table next to me. You <laughs> want a two foot by three foot, 50 pound block of concrete that's only good for holding one cigar at a time. I'm for it. <laughs> well, if the fingers articulate, you could find other uses yeah. for it. <laughs> but if you, for, for holding your EP career firecracker. <laughs> for holding the firecracker. Uh the <laughs> you didn't expect me to make that call back. I, I didn't think you'd go there. Um, no, I, I I'm all for that. But it, it's funny because I was I follow a lot of pottery accounts on Instagram because my wife is a potter and it's a shared interest kind of thing. And someone was making a bowl the other day that reminded me of the leaf ashtray, which I am so glad to say I don't see anymore. Do you remember when they were everywhere? Oh, yeah, the worst ashtray oh, yeah. to ever make the market. Horrendous. Hey, we're going to run out of time no. before we get to your... Yep, so we're going to start a new segment. Every week, I get done with the Cigar Cast, and I go up there, and everybody says, what did you talk about on the Cigar Cast? And my mind immediately goes blank. <laughs> I can't remember a damn article. Well, thanks. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why that happens. But I start sprinkling into the conversation here at the cigar shop. Some, somebody will say something to remind me, oh, yeah, we did this article on the podcast yeah. about that, or we did this about that. I think people are think I'm bragging that I that I have a podcast. I don't think they realize that they're just jogging my memory. Right. So this week we're going to start a new segment called Cigar Versations, and this is. Can com- we take another run at the name of the segment? All right, you you make up a word, but <laughs> anyway, for now it's, I named the podcast. For now it's Cigar Versations. Okay. But if you would like to j- change the name, you by all means can. All right. But I, I like making up words. Um, so, and it is when you're sitting around the circle and you get that quiet moment where everybody's waiting for a a topic to be proposed. And we've done this on the show in the past. You're always a wealth of hypothetical situations. Always trying to do that. So this week's question for you to ask those around you, if you could learn the answer to one question about your future, what would the question be? So I... I mentioned this earlier, and I do think my answer is going to probably make you angry, or at least disappointed, because it's really simple. Am I happy? Are you happy in the future? Am I happy in the future? That's all I care about. So you're telling me. (laughs) (laughs) Of knowledge that could benefit you of, you know... What age will I be when my father passes away? So you know how much time does, you know, I've only got two years left to spend all the time I can with him. I already do that. Or how, um, what are the, what are the winning lottery numbers next week? Um, If you could, you know, of all the questions about the future you could ask, you would go with the most broad generic question you could possibly conjure I think that just speaks to my high level of peace with who I am as a person, Shane. I would like... 
but here's the thing, and this is a this is what makes this a tough question. There really is nothing about my future I want to know. Well, that that's kind of what I'm getting at, right? Like next week's lottery numbers. That yeah, obviously that would be great to know. But as much as there are a whole bunch of things in my life that I could solve if I had lottery money, there's nothing so grave that that's going to make the difference between whether or not I make it. You know what I mean? Well, you know, if you found out when you were going to die, that would ruin the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If you, you found out when your father was going to die, that would ruin the rest of the, li- the time you had. Um, if you found there's well, so much knowledge of the future that would ruin the present that I don't know that... There is a good answer to that. So the, the first answer that came to my mind, and I wasn't sure if you would allow this because it's not technically about my future, but I feel like it is. Are my, are my kids successful? Honestly, that, that was my first response. And I feel like that's... I can see how you would make the argument that that's not my future. Well, but... but to me, it is. In the present day, what benefit is that knowledge of to you? Well, I mean, aside from saving some money in college. But, well, no, because if the Back to the Future movies taught us anything, it's that the future isn't set in stone. So if on the current trajectory, I were to find out that one of my kids ends up a homeless drug fiend, I've still got time to course correct. So you would ask the genie of the bottle or whatever, whoever happens to be giving us this information, um, hey, am I on the right course for my kids to be happy, successful? Yeah. Okay. I can, I can almost get, the, I can probably get behind that more than any other answer to that question. Okay. And uh, because that, you know, if you're going to use it as kind of a guideline to course correct or something like that, I, I could probably get behind that. But I just, I don't know that there's anything about the future that I want to know. I think I'd like to find out when everybody else does. And you, so you, your own question, and you don't have an answer to it? No, my, my answer is I'd say, I'm good. Pass. Nothing, nothing you can tell me here that's going to help me. I'll pass. Hmm. Does that mean uh, I get two? Sure. Because <laughs> then I to. will get the lottery numbers, then you and I'll find out if my kids are successful. There you go. And I'll, I, I bequeath unto you my, <laughs> my genie question of what the future holds. But really, but it wouldn't work that way, because you would have to ask a question about my future. And then oh, because you, it's your well. Yeah. No, I would. I would ask. It, it's like the 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 two doors and the guy that always tells the truth and the. So I'd I'd find out on your behalf what the lottery numbers are, and then we'd split it. Okay. Because it gets deal. up to a billion dollars oh, yeah. all the time now. Yeah, it's up to a billion. We could split. Hell, we can split 150 million and still both be happy. Yeah. I don't think it'd be a problem. But, all right, Trey, how do they get hold of us? Well, wait, we well, got to find about out about cigars. sticks first. Uh, this is a six. The bull is just, especially now that it's more in line with the other cigars in the range. Yeah, it's a six all day. So, the Romzeed is a six for me. And the reason I say it that way is I met Simon at the show. I really liked Simon. I really wanted to like this cigar. I really wanted to enjoy it. And tonight, it was the perfect cigar for the moment. It was exactly what I wanted. This Connecticut wrapper on it, it's very, very complex, but not too strong. Yeah. Um, This is a six for me, but I don't know if 10 people smoked it, it wouldn't be closer to a five. 
I get that. So, but it's a it's a six for me. It's it's funny, and I've got to get over this. There's there's a cigar in the humidor right now that I encourage them not to bring in that they brought in anyway. And, and it's just sitting. Every week I walk in, and all the boxes of it are still full. Nobody's bought a single one of that son of a gun. And it makes me feel good every time I walk <laughs> in there and see it failing. Because uh, <laughs> you know, it was a cigar company I don't like anyway. Right. It was a cigar of theirs that I don't like anyway. And I'm not going to tell you which one it is because you'll go in there and buy one just to spite me. <laughs> so That's fair. It's a, one of those things that I'm rooting against that cigar. Well, I'm On rooting, principle alone. Yeah. I'm rooting for this cigar, so it's just it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult chess, but I'll say the Ramsey definitely a six for me. All right. Well, you can reach us at facebook.com slash the cigarcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast and email info at the cigarcast.com. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.